You are listening to Aldrin Sampia on SAFM. 0614-104-107. You can also drop us an X at Aldrin Sampia and our studio line is 086-000-2032. We're in conversation next with the Minister of Human Settlements, uh, that is Mamaluku Kupai, to speak to us about the Berlin Global Dialogue which is a new forum bringing together government and business leaders around the world to discuss the shape of the future of the global economy. This year's dialogue is being held under the theme Uniting Global Leaders to Shape a World in Transition. And uh, the minister now joining us on the line. Minister, good uh, afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. Speak to us about what it is that government is also trying to, this is now the South African government, trying to get out of this dialogue. Just the other day, I had a conversation with our listeners where I pointed out that it also seems to me that government is not big on making noise or even giving information around where government stands when it comes to artificial intelligence. Good afternoon, Aldrin, and your listeners. Um, and it, the platform here is quite critical for us. It's a new platform which brings various uh, players. Look, the issue, yes, it's transition in terms of energy, but also in terms of digital platforms. The voice, not only for South Africa, but on behalf of the continent, because we as a country have been vocal about no one being left behind, especially the continent, in terms of advancing our African agenda. So the conversations here talked about trade issues, the imbalances, but what we would want to see in terms of the reform, the transition, where are we in terms of the world order. You'd understand that many countries in Europe, when they face the challenges or because of the Russia-Ukraine war, they started going back in terms of um, reneging around their commitments in terms of climate um, change commitments. And those were some of the conversations. Yesterday we were with um, the Chancellor of Germany who spoke about being pragmatic. Um, Countries, when they are faced by challenges, have to be pragmatic, look at what is in the interest of their country, and therefore... A conversation is necessary for all of us to be able to say, how do we continue to be pragmatic while we do acknowledge that we have challenges of uh, carbon emission that has to be reduced, but paying attention to what our country's needs are. And what about artificial intelligence and the role that artificial intelligence can play in this new um, economic uh, transition that we're currently facing? Um, the conversation around artificial intelligence, Adrian, is more around how do we utilize the digital economy, how do we grow the digital economy. And you'd understand that bedrock of that or the backbone of that will have to be education. And when we looked in terms of the global community, for example, um, one of the speakers was even sharing from the World Bank, was sharing that uh, if you look in terms of access to education but literacy levels, you'd find that like what we always argue about or we always have the results, the report Minister Musaka talking about where you have more than 70% of the children after COVID-19 at the age of 10, 10 years who are not able to read with meaning globally. And that's what worries to say. As we transition to uh, digital economy, as we transition utilization of platforms or even technologies such as artificial intelligence, we should be able again take cognizance and take conscious decision as global leaders, both in terms of government and businesses, not to leave others behind. And here we talk about majority who would be within the South, um, uh, what we call the countries of the South. 
and mainly us ourselves as the continent as well being the worst affected. Yeah, um, but earlier on you did speak about um, the German Chancellor, um, Olaf Scholz. One of the issues that he also raised in his address was around protectionism. And we note that during the tenure of a former U.S. President Donald Trump, this was a major issue and the U.S. was being accused of approaching, um, of becoming more protectionist in terms of its trade. And the argument from the U.S. government at the time was that they need to try and bolster their own industries and ensure that there is job creation that happens within the industry itself. How does South Africa see this conversation around protectionism while also continuing to have relationships with other countries outside of the African continent? I think the conversation and what the Chancellor raised was quite critical. And this happens on the sideline or within the period where EU is having also hearings about whether they need to be able to close out on, on China. And obviously, Germany, because of their manufacturer or the NATO industry, that is, we know, they are exporters of many of the cars. Um, they've invested, invested a lot in terms of China. And they would be worried if there would be sanctions or some level of protection against those and fearing retaliation from China should EU do that. And from our point of view, we get affected as well. We remember that quite a number of uh, plants exist in South Africa and therefore within that market of us exporting to Europe. And therefore, if there are to be pronouncements against China or any in terms of protection of Europe, maybe perhaps putting certain levels of sanctions or even levels of uh, rules that will get us playing outside might be a challenge. And that's why we continue to talk about reforms, but also ensuring that trade happens, happens fairly, but within a reformed society. So we, we do agree with the sentiments by, um, by the Chancellor. We do believe that it, it goes a long way, but also because China is part of the BRICS countries and would want to advocate relations that are not dictatorial in nature or when another continent or region disagrees with other or a country that utilizes trade sanctions to be able to punish for political disagreements. And that's what we then speak about when we speak about um, economic war wars and where um, sanctions are then weaponized um, to advance whatever ideals it is by the country that is actually imposing those sanctions. But is there a way to protect South Africa from some of those um, sanctions and the implications of it? The most important thing is our presence in this global platform so that we, we do not have people speaking on our behalf but we can advocate what we stand for. We've seen when, when the Russia-Ukraine war started, uh, there was quite a lot of misperception of what South Africa is saying and where it stands until the president had to come out very strongly to say, this is what we stand for and this is why we are saying in terms of our international relations and our economic diplomacy. And that's why it's important for continuous communication, but presence in this platform so that we can advocate for ourselves and be able to say this is what we stand for and protect ourselves and protect our country and our economy from misunderstandings and misperceptions by global communities. Was the discussion at all around um, the reform of the World Trade Organization? Yes, there was, and it was a bit worrying um, in terms of the conversation. And there are countries, for example, that are pushing for uh, that countries must be allowed to trade with countries that they feel comfortable for, with. 
and also the issue around you could be able to trade within a region so the conversations was like that the reason why we are worried is that it could be that certain countries i can trade let's say south africa decides to say okay on the continent we'll only trade with our friends and therefore the laws must allow us whether we close out everybody else then it will be we do believe that africa will be the worst off and will suffer if such is allowed for example, Europe can decide that they are closing everybody else. They will only trade with the following people that they are comfortable with, and therefore they will trade maybe, let's say, with U.S. and leave everybody else. And therefore it means in terms of our products, in terms of what we normally can be able to export and trade, utilize trade as a tool to be able to grow our economy, will be worse off. And that's why even when we dealt with the issue of um, climate change and green uh, economy, it was against that that we can never allow to say countries would decide to say on the basis of your carbon emission, therefore we can trade amongst ourselves. So it's those conversations that continue. They are worrying in terms of when you listen to them, and that's why we must advocate for them not to happen. But secondly, another worrying trend is that you've got an African at the head of WTO. We do have a sense that some level of undermining of the head of WTO, who is currently a female leader and also a, an African, could be some of the sentiments that are coming through because we've never seen such undermining of WTO yep. beforehand before Dr. Ngozi took over. Thank you so much for your time. That is uh, the Minister of Human Settlements there, Mamoluku Kubai. And I hope that when you're back, Minister, we'll be able to have a more broader conversation around the concerns that you raise around um, the World Trade Organization's reform that is being pushed and also the carbon emissions of countries and that being used as a bar whether to decide whether you trade with a country or not. That's the Minister of Human Settlements. It's time for the news headlines.